Hello and welcome to Pumped, the Inside Podcast by Schwalbe. I'm your host Tobias Wogon and I'm talking here with Schwalbe athletes from different disciplines, from downhill to cross country or from triathlon to road racing. And today I'm talking to Jasper Okelon, who's one of the best gravel racers in the world. In this episode, we talked about his season, the upcoming gravel racing scene in Europe and the development of this new format. Hey Jasper, thanks a lot for taking the time to do the podcast with us. Where are you right now? I am uh, currently uh, at home uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, I live in uh, Amstelveen, it's uh, very close to Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're just before Christmas, so uh, weather is pretty cold here. Uh, just we had some uh, nice ice on the waters, on the canals. So uh, I've been doing some some ice skating uh, last weekend. Yeah, I, I've seen now, some. Uh, <laughs> I've seen some videos of you doing ice skating. That looks pretty professional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now for me, uh, I'm not so professional because my uh, my girlfriend's uh, family they are all over ice skating and they are really professional. So okay. if I go with them, I feel like an amateur. But uh, yeah. <laughs> It's really fun to do, you know. It's uh, <laughs> it's crazy in Holland how, how people like ice skating, yeah. and uh, it's very rare that it's possible to do ice skating. And even in these times with the changing climate, we're always scared that there will never be uh, ice again. So yeah. when there was ice, everybody is uh, quitting his uh, daily uh, work, and uh, in the morning everybody is uh, looking for spots that you can uh, can go on the ice. And uh, yeah, it's really a magical <laughs> feeling when you're on on the water where you normally uh, can't be and then when you yeah like glide over the over the ice it's uh, it's really cool yeah it, it looks amazing is, is it like a, a netherland version of a powder day like where, when there is some yeah yeah <laughs> i have never been in a country that powder day was really a thing but i can suppose it's the exactly the same thing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's the same yeah yeah because also with the first track you also have it on the ice that uh, you can go hit ice which have never been uh, hit before. Yeah. Uh, okay. The thing with ice is, yeah, maybe you have also the avalanches, but with the ice, it's a little bit scary in the beginning, you know, if they, you don't want to go through the ice in the water. <laughs> it can be dangerous. <laughs> so uh -huh. normally I don't go on the first ice, but when I saw some people went there, then uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going there as well. Okay, yeah, that's funny. So you're doing it, Uh, it as a part of your training or it's just for fun uh, both both it's really fun but with that weather conditions training uh, outside on the bike is is really dangerous as well because uh, there's a lot of ice on the roads mm -hmm. uh, so yeah you have a big chance of crashing and uh, then uh, yeah I prefer to go ice skating Uh, it's a different type of training, which I always like to get a little bit out of the comfort zone and do new things. Uh, and it's yeah, normally not that you're like two weeks not on the bike and, and ice skating. It was like two, three days I went ice skating instead of on the bike. So yeah, it was a good uh, good change. Yeah, I think after a year on the bike, it's uh, it's good to to have something different to do. Huh? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really. Yeah. Also, uh, I think the, the 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 coaches, the performance coaches in the 
in the world tour they uh, they are going more and more into uh, multidisciplinary uh, training and and develop your body uh, especially when you're younger in uh, in multiple ways and then uh, when you're older you 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 pick uh, the direction you want to go and focus on that yeah but uh, yeah i'm also a big fan of that uh, to train the whole body and and uh, and be multidisciplinary yeah and uh, yeah and, become and a better athlete and especially these days where you have so many different disciplines you can do i mean you go on the mountain bike you go on a road bike you go on a gravel bike and everything is i mean these days you need your body a lot more than just going on the road bike i mean yeah 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 it's true it's true yeah. my girlfriend is always doing the uh, the core stability exercises and mm -hmm. then uh, sometimes i tease her a little bit and i say that like, like i do that on the bike you know when i go mountain biking <laughs> or uh, gravel biking yeah <laughs> yeah but for sure it's good to do it to do to build a good base but i think when you're riding off-road uh then uh, you train already a lot more of your body than when you're only on the road definitely and to be honest it's way more fun training it on a bike than just <laughs> doing core stuff in your living room or in the, in the gym and yeah um, yeah for yeah. sure yeah yeah so um you started racing and you did a lot of different racing and these days you're racing gravel but when did you um start to to race again the clock or race again other uh, other athletes um i actually started cycling already when i was really really young i started when i was uh, eight years old in the mm -hmm. in the youth categories um and yeah it was yeah it was playing and uh, and just for fun but it was it was quite young and uh, i'm also proud that i'm still Uh, I'm now 32 years old, so it's uh, 24 years later, and I still <laughs> enjoy the bike, and uh, I still do it with a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, and I'm still a professional athlete. So yeah, that's pretty cool, and I think something to be proud of, and also teach to to other other cyclists that uh, fun is the most important thing to to do what you like, and uh, and also for the when you are really focused on results, sometimes you forgot. That you need to have fun to 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 get the best out of yourself and to keep doing it for a longer time yeah. and consistently. And uh, yeah, I'm proud of myself that I did that well. And uh, definitely, the different types of bikes help me with that. So I can can have some uh, variation in my training and in my racing, and and also develop my skills better to to know uh, what type of athlete I am, where are my strengths, where are my weaknesses, and. Uh, Yeah, to to develop myself. So yeah, yeah. So that sounds uh, that sounds great. Um, so when did you when did you choose or when did you decide to to race gravel full time? Because I mean, and how how happy were you that gravel developed so good? Because I mean, you're one of these riders who have so many skills on the bike, and this is if you're just riding road, it's just um, yeah i mean off-road it's so much better for you i think huh with with all these skills. yeah yeah uh yeah i started gravel riding racing like i think two years ago mm -hmm. uh, i was riding with track and uh, we discussed uh the, the the next season and what my plans are and uh yeah they asked me if i was interested in gravel i was already doing uh 
mountain bike marathon a lot, uh, beach racing, and still some road. Uh, yeah, and then uh, then my friend uh, Ivar Slick, who's also supported by Swalbe, and uh, and he was also uh, he was stepping down a little bit from continental level of road racing and also looking for a new challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was uh, also thinking about gravel, and then. Uh, yeah, we decided to go uh, together on a, on a gravel campaign. And uh, we knew also from uh, Lawrence Ten Dam. He's a big famous cyclist in Holland. Mm-hmm. He was already doing some gravel in uh, in uh, the VS, in America. And uh, yeah, we, we thought, yeah, let's go to America and, uh, and go for the biggest gravel race, uh, Unbound. And uh, let's see uh, how it is. And uh, yeah, that's where it all started. So when you stepped down from road racing or from mountain biking, did you know that gravel will become something big or was it just for fun in the beginning? Uh, Yeah, in the beginning it was uh, for sure just for fun. Uh, I liked the the challenging and uh, adventurous uh, vibe around gravel. Mm -hmm. And uh, already in training I was uh, was doing a lot uh, gravel-like rides you know so uh, uh longer rides off road and exploring the roads mm-hmm. and yeah it was just uh, a cool challenge for me to do that also as a race so just go not on the paved road the roads but just yeah explore new roads and uh, race it so yeah that was pretty cool and uh yeah after that uh i i saw how big it was but also the the brands how how many interest there was in the in the sport mm-hmm. uh, and then i i thought yeah this can be uh, can be big uh, but now since last year i went also ifar uh, i i won gravel locos and ifar won unbound mm-hmm. yeah, and then we really really saw like whoa it's uh, now it's getting really serious and uh, we got contacted by a lot of uh, lot of brands and uh, and uh, and bike uh, part producers and then we saw from, like whoa they're really focusing on gravel in the in the next upcoming years yeah. and also riders you know like cyclists that that so many people in holland came to me and asked how was unbound it, it looks so cool i want to do that as well and which gravel races should i do next year and i'm buying a gravel bike so yeah, now you feel really that that everybody's into into gravel and want to do it themselves. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about gravel. You know, it's not like a a, a watch sport, but it's a participation sport. Yeah. So everybody can do the same event, uh, enjoy the sa- same adventure, and after it's you're together, you have a, a beer and a barbecue, and you can <laughs> both enjoy the, the same uh, experience. And that's yeah, that's what makes it really cool and different from from road racing or. Even from mountain mountain bike uh, cross country, that's a, that's a really big difference, and that's why so many people uh, can do it and enjoy it. Yeah. So, what you already said. I mean, the vibe around gravel is so different than everything else, because yeah, I mean, gravel racing is still you having a beer and a barbecue with your with your idols, with the race winners, and uh, it's not. I mean. On one hand, it's super, super professional, but on the other hand, it's it's like a all-together event, huh? Yeah, yeah, and that's also where you uh, where you feel really the difference in uh, in uh, America, the VS, 
and uh, and Europe, and also between different events, you 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 start to get more events now, and like like the Gravel World Championships, mm-hmm. I did also in Italy, and that felt more and more like a like a world tour race. Yeah, uh, a little, uh, not the the community vibe and. Also, the, not everybody started at the same time, only the pros started together. So this was completely different. Uh, although the course was still still interesting and more nice than a road race, but but less nice than some other gravel events. Uh, and in the US, you, you see that, uh, yeah, there you have really the community. The day before the race, you have a shakeout ride. Uh, you go with top contenders and with with easy riders that that only go one time uh, a week with the bike and you ride all together and you have already a drink and you chat to everybody and and everybody is so enthusiastic mm-hmm. and then also yeah what i experienced in in the us was that everybody that complete the 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 course uh even if it's the, the small distance or the long distance or the extremely long distance everybody is a winner you know and uh and even at Unbound, there's there's more attention for the for the people that finish in yeah. uh, in in thousand or two thousand position than for the first because everybody stays at the finish line and at the finish area and they're they're screaming and uh, yelling and uh, making applause for for the people that have to come inside and that's yeah that's so cool that's how you want to enjoy cycling you know together yeah and do you think this is also possible in Europe or it's just an American thing? Yeah, I think uh, it can. It it will always be a little bit different, but but you see also in, in Europe that there are some events where the where the vibe is different and and where people stay after the finish line and they they have fun together. Uh, but yeah, it can it can be uh, quite the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully, huh? I mean, for me, yeah. one part of gravel racing is this. Uh, this emotion, this um, this vibe around these uh, these races, and I hope that will that will stays like this, even if the sport getting more professional in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you, I think because the sport is growing, you will get uh, all different type of events, and mm-hmm. if you like more the events with the, with the community. Uh, I think you can find some uh, some cool events. I also did some events that were like more days, you know. So you sleep at the campsite and then you have a you have a course on the first day and you have a course on the second day and you have a, a night uh, fire and and then you maybe it's not really racy like that was not really like it was a real race. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also enjoyed to do that and. Uh, and there you had that vibe that that I uh, I recognize from America. Yeah, and it it's again it's it's so different from one race to the other, and that makes the sport so so nice and so um, so cool, huh? Yeah. So talking about Eva, so you have so many good um, good gravel racers or or cyclists in the Netherlands, and Netherlands is such a small country. How comes that so many good riders are from this place? <laughs> yeah, I think we are also early adapters. That uh, mm-hmm. because of Lawrence, he was already a couple of years uh, riding gravel races in America, uh, and uh, he inspired me, Ivar, but also now Nikki Terpstra and uh, some a lot of other guys in Holland to to do the same and. Uh, 
yeah, for sure the road racing scene is also strong in Holland, but but now yeah, really strong riders that that were road racing before they 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 joined uh, gravel racing early on, and uh, yeah, we have we have because we did uh, Ifa won inbound when he did it for the second time, mm-hmm. so I did it two times together with him. And then, yeah, the second year, you need really the experience to, to win an event, you know, so you know the course, you know how to prepare. Uh, and that we have uh, an advantage because we started earlier. Yeah. Um, I think when in Germany more people will start to do it and in Belgium, uh, it will also be, it will only be more interesting. Mm-hmm. But then it will be probably uh, more uh, more split between the countries. Yeah. <coughs> so, um as you already said, I mean, you need the experience because gravel racing is not road racing on gravel. It's a completely different sport and it's also not mountain biking on skinny tires. It's completely different. So what makes a good a good gravel racer? Um, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> difficult question because you have different types of gravel events also. So you have some events like Unbound that is really long distance and uh, not very technical. But you have also events that are a little bit shorter and more technical. Uh, and then you also have uh, like the World Championships that are really fast and really looks like uh, road racing more. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, what the most gravel racers have in common is that you for sure have have some some off-road skills and... Uh, and like uh, if you learned that in cyclocross or in mtb can all be different but but it's an advantage if you have off-road skills definitely mm-hmm. and uh, the type of riding is is uh, the performance from a performance perspective it's the the speed is slower so it's normally it's less about uh, aerodynamics and uh, and really intense uh, sprints after corners which you have on the road Mm-hmm. less peak power but it's more like a steady steady power for for a very long period mm-hmm. like a like a long climb or like a, a, a mountain bike marathon ride in which you really have really high average and normalized power over the whole whole effort mm-hmm. but how how do you train for for these kind of events because um I mean, all the mountain bike guys and some of the road uh, road bike guys, they training on, on Swift during winter. Is it also possible to, to train on Swift for gravel race or do you need to go on the bike to uh, um, to train? Uh, yeah, for sure it's an advantage if you go on the same, uh, on the same bike, uh, so to get used to the bike. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, riding on the road or riding on the mountain bike can also help you to develop yourself as a as a cyclist. I think a good combination is uh, is good. Okay, and how do you train in Netherlands? Because um, I mean, all the guys from California they training in the sun the whole year round, and uh, the guys from from Spain um, they having good conditions. And then you are in the Netherlands; it's not the best weather in the winter. So how do you train in the winter? <laughs> yeah. Um, in the winter, yeah, off-road is a good solution. And uh, in the winter, we train on uh, on the beach a lot. So uh, uh-huh. uh, I live quite close to the beach. Uh, <laughs> I, we also race on the beach in the winter. I have a special bike, 
mountain bike that's really tuned for riding on the beach with okay. uh, very wide 2.500 uh, inch uh, Schwab G1 uh, tires mm-hmm. and uh, that makes me really float over the over the sand and uh, uh, the advantage of riding on the beach in the winter is that there is no the water soaks into the into the sand so you have no wheel spray uh, of the of the people in front of you yeah and uh, it's it's really it depends on the conditions but it can be quite heavy to make speed on yeah. the sand so you need to push <laughs> And you, you stay warm, uh, and that had two very big advantages. Uh, and yeah, if you follow me on Strava and uh, on Instagram, you can see that we in the in the winter we ride a lot uh, on the beach, but also in the dunes uh, because there uh, there's less water, less mud, and uh, you stay uh, warm and do a really good and also nice training. Yeah, I mean racing on the beach. I, I've seen some pictures, and it looks. How how is racing on the beach? Because, as you said, I mean it's not rolling so fast, and it's um, it's kind of hard to to keep your speed. But racing against other people, I mean, it's um, what is the format? How long are the races? How hard are they? Uh, yeah, I, I I like to explain this question because uh, a lot of people don't. Uh, it's very. Uh, 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 rare that that you see this sport so it's new to the people so uh, I like to explain how it works because I really love racing on the beach uh, the cool thing about racing on the beach is uh, that it's a very short races so it's normally between one hour and one and a half hour so a little bit longer uh, as uh, cyclocross mm-hmm. uh, and the, the cool thing is it's also a participation uh, mass event format so everybody starts together uh, at the same time so you can also ride like in gravel with with uh, your neighbor for example uh, you can start the same event and then um, uh, a common mistake that people think about the beach is that it's all uh, that the beach is uh, straight and boring mm-hmm. and it's all the same uh, but when you go really riding on the beach you will you will see that the beach is never the same and there is a lot of difference in uh, types of sand There can be water in the middle of the beach, so you have to pick your your right line. Uh, the 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 tide can change, so uh, when the water is really high, you have to ride really close to the dunes, and then you have really the loose sand, which mm-hmm. is completely different than than hard uh, hard packed sand. Um, so the conditions on the beach beach always change, and also uh, sometimes we go off the beach and on the beach for example to the boulevard or to some dune section and then you have really to to cross uh, the loose sand parts which is pretty technical and uh, and normally like a one or two minute effort mm-hmm. and there you can really make a, make a difference so yeah it's uh, the nice thing is that uh, the racing is very very interesting because it's like a short road race It's it's yeah it's between the short road race and uh, and the cyclocross, so you have a little bit of tactics, but you you stay normally together with groups between uh, from five or eight or 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 two guys, so there is tactics in place, but there was also a technical element, and uh, for sure also a very physical element because it's <laughs> it's heavy all the time. <laughs> I can't imagine, but it's not a from A to B race. It's like you're riding in in rounds and circles 
Uh, yeah, the most races changed to, to laps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had always one very famous race. It's called Hoek uh, van Holland Den Helder. And it goes from the completely south of the Netherlands to the completely north. And it was 135k straight over the <laughs> beach. And we had only two times where we had to 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 cross the harbor of Scheveningen is one time. And uh, another time is uh, there we, we uh, crossed the canal with the boat. Uh, so the time was there... Uh, standing still yeah uh, but that that's a really cool and famous race that is from a to b but uh, most other races are uh, are or one big lap or uh, or two or three laps with some crossings of the dunes uh, so there are different formats in different different races but uh yeah hey this it's, is uh, it's cool this is so cool i mean you don't have the mountains to go cross-country skiing so you go on the ice and go ice skating you don't have <laughs> You don't have these um, these sunny trails or, or dry trails like in Italy, so you go on the beach. This is pretty cool. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But me too. When I think about it like that, it's yeah. You have to <laughs> adapt to the circumstances, you know, yeah. and that's what we do. Yeah, and and the best way possible. I mean, that really sounds like fun, and but it yeah. also yeah. sounds like really, really like a hard race. <laughs> yeah yeah it's hard it's hard yeah so in especially in unbound but also in some other gravel races you're using these uh, aerodynamic uh, bars where you lean on the handlebar to be more aerodynamic and faster um but you say it's not aerodynamic is not that big factor like in road racing but um you're still developing socks. so what is the story yeah. behind socks and why are they good for for gravel racing um when we go straight to the aerosocks uh, point uh yeah i i selling socks cycling socks uh my brand is called uh Sokolun, so my my last name with the <laughs> s in front which is really and, funny uh, <laughs> yeah When I was uh, racing on a continental level as a road uh, cyclist, I I saw that there were uh, a lot of socks on the market, but not the socks that I liked. And then uh, as a side job, I uh, I started to buy socks and uh, selling them through Facebook and later online to my own webshop. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that uh, I've been doing that now for already like 12 years and uh, growing, growing uh, every year my company uh, a little bit. And like already for eight years, I was thinking about uh, uh, the advantage of an uh, of an aero sock because uh, you have uh, all this aero skin suits and mm-hmm. materials that are aerodynamically faster than your skin. Uh, but people were riding still with uh, with normal socks in the race, and uh, a normal sock has uh, so many uh, small uh, uh, terry terry structures that it uh, catches really a lot of wind. Mm-hmm. So then I thought of a solution to, to combine the Lycra aerodynamic material uh, that comes out of the shoe with uh, a sock part that's mm-hmm. in the shoe. So you have the aerodynamic advantage on the part that's uh, touching the wind. And uh, yeah, lately we uh, we have done also a lot of testing in the wind tunnel in uh, with... with uh, Uh, the University of Eindhoven and uh, we already knew that uh, the difference between uh, 
an hour sock and a bare skin or a normal sock was big. Uh, but now we also uh, found out uh, the difference between uh, different materials and, uh, and yeah, and our goal was to, to, to develop uh, the fastest uh, aero sock on the planet and uh, last year and uh, yeah we finally did that by uh, yeah by testing and uh, comparing competitor socks and uh, our different samples and uh, yeah that's pretty cool uh, cool development and uh, things I focus on when I'm not on the bike okay so that is pretty this is pretty cool I mean you're having these socks you're you racing the The race is like unbound in aero suits. You're having these aero bars. So, how big is the is a part of aerodynamic in gravel racing these days? Um, yeah, aerodynamic is a big part. Uh, why I said that it was not as big as on the road is because the speed, the average speed, is lower. Mm -hmm. So, in unbound, for example, we, we race average at 33 k an hour. So, mm -hmm. um, the average speed is uh, is lower, but On the other hand, the race is very long. So if you are, uh, so it's longer, so that can make a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. And But it's also depending on the race situation. When you're in a big group, like this year, they finish with a group of six. And when you're in a group, uh, you only touch the wind like a part of the of the race. So, uh, so that makes also an impact on how important your aerodynamics is. Um, but uh yeah altogether aerodynamics is always uh, a very big uh, impact of your total resistance as a cyclist so it always makes an impact mm -hmm. and uh, the cool thing about gravel is that there were no rules so uh, ah, okay. people could experiment with uh, equipment and uh, one game changer is really the the arrow bars so uh if you go from a normal handlebar to an arrow bar position it's like changing from a road bike to a time trial bike. So that's such a big difference that also when you have a, an average speed of 35k an hour, it makes a really, really big impact. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's where uh, a lot of discussion is about and uh, what's uh, typical for gravel racing, but also what's now a, a discussion point in terms of uh, if the racers want that uh, there are there's being raced with aero bars or not mm -hmm. and uh, that's because like i told the groups are getting bigger the com the the, the com competition is getting stronger uh, in the past in gravel it was every especially in unbound uh, everybody came to the finish one by one but because the competition is stronger and the groups are getting bigger uh, people stay together more and more and mm -hmm. Yeah, when you're in a group and everybody is on arrow bars, uh, they say it's it's more dangerous. And yeah, uh, yeah I can understand that. It's it's true. But uh, last year, I I'm when I was preparing for Unbound, I saw that the winners of the years before uh, had arrow bars, and a lot of good riders used arrow bars. So I saw that and I understood that it was a big advantage. So I developed also. Uh, with some uh, friends of mine in Holland uh, and in uh, combination with the aerodynamic uh, research I was doing for the aerosocks, I developed an aero bar that was uh, custom shaped to my arm. So I had really uh, good comfort, good bike handling, and uh, I could be in it for like 10 hours for mm -hmm. the unbound uh, uh, performance. 
and also I could uh, could be more aerodynamic. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that was my uh, my weapon, and uh, it helped me uh, really a lot to be <laughs> to be more aero and to be also uh, strong when I was uh, s- when I go solo in the in the in the front. Yeah. So, so you uh, you putting a lot into the sport, huh? Developing socks, developing uh, bars, and just having ideas how to how yeah, to have your yeah. impact on on the sport. What are your wishes? How should the sport develop in the next years? Um, yeah, for me personally, because I, t- I I put so much effort in the in the custom arrow bars, I thought it was very smart, smarter than uh, uh, I was already ahead of the competition, and uh, that's why I would like to keep using it and uh, and have that advantage. But on the other hand, I can understand also the the safety impact and. If everybody is uh, yeah. if everybody is going to uh, to race with arrow bars in the groups, uh, it can has uh, an impact on uh, on the safety and uh, yeah, I want also safe racing. Yeah. So I don't know yet uh, uh, what will be the the consensus about uh, arrow bars. You know, if like ninety five percent of the pro riders want for unbound that it will be banned then uh then i can uh, understand and i will uh i will agree yeah. but for my personal preferences yeah for me i have an advantage now so i i keep keep using the arrow bars for me would uh keep an advantage for me so that would would be would be good for me mm-hmm. and in overall i mean gravel racing is coming over to europe more events get developed and it's all over the place and you as one of the top athletes in the sport i mean you have a voice to to make a difference on the sport so what are the changes you want to make or what what do you want to make sure that it stays like this um yeah um what i like about gravel racing is uh the 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 participation thing of it so i would like to have any events that everybody starts together mm-hmm. all levels for sure it's good to have the the better riders starting in front and uh and the other riders are more in the back so you so you don't have problems in the in the first 2k for example but the the idea to start all together and uh for for amateur races to to hang on to the pro group as long as they can i think That's really nice and and really challenging for mm-hmm. for everybody. Uh, also, the 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 type of course for me is really really important. You know, like I told before, I started gravel racing because I like the adventure, mm-hmm. and I like to go out on the bike and 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 see parts you can discover on the road bike. And uh, I won't like if if there will be gravel races uh, that you have like uh, short laps uh, on gravel roads, but but not so adventurous mm-hmm. and uh so uh for me for the, i hope the gravel will will develop like like this that it stays smart that it will be a lot of big events with a lot of uh, happy people and uh <laughs> adventures uh, yeah that sounds really good and i also hope that it stays like this and um the fun is the most important thing in in racing overall but especially in gravel and uh Hopefully they will they will keep the vibe 
alive and um, yeah, just creating a, a really, really cool new race racing scene. So yeah, yeah. Um, What's also cool is that some people they start they start cycling, but they don't start cycling with a road bike. They start cycling with a gravel bike. Mm-hmm. They really there's a really a new group of people that are into cycling now because of gravel. And uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, giving them the sh- the chance to um, to measure themselves against you you fast guys. I think this is a really really good. A really cool adventure for them or really cool challenge for them to riding on the same same track on this with the same uh, starting group and yeah I hope uh, I hope they keep they keep that I really like the idea so 2022 was a really successful year for you um, what will be your focus for 2000 um, yeah for next year Uh, for next year, I will have uh, the same focus points. So, uh, unbound gravel is big, and also the World Championships gravel is uh, is is a big goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last two years, I had uh, mechanical problems in uh, in both my uh, com- competitions at uh, at unbound. So, yeah. uh, I hope this year I can uh, can limit my losses with uh, with uh, technical uh, damage and uh, and really compete. Uh, with the best and uh, and compare myself with them really looking forward to that i hope to to be in a in a final after like eight or nine hours and uh, see how uh, how how that will be and how my, my legs will feel at that point and if i'm able to 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 win that race yeah okay so that, that sounds really good but after a, a whole winter of beat racing i think your your legs will be will be fine huh <laughs> we will have yeah. the, the power in the legs from beat racing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I train a lot different, uh, but it, it's a, a bit similar to the guys that do cyclocross in the winter. Yeah, uh, It's a very good and intense training. And uh, the the conservative thought about uh, training in winter and building only the base is, I think, a little bit uh, outdated. And now people do intensive efforts also in the winter time. And uh, I do that on the beach. And uh, in the beginning of the year, around uh, January, February, March, I will start doing a little bit more hours. Maybe go sometimes to Spain to to be able to do some more hours, and then mm-hmm. and then I will uh, will work on the base and more the, the endurance uh, endurance training to to be prepared for unbound in the uh, beginning of June. Okay. Hey, thanks a lot for your time. It was really a pleasure to talk to you and uh, get to know gravel racing a little bit more so thanks a lot for that and now i wish you a really good christmas time so this is the last podcast before christmas and um hopefully you enjoy the time and uh, yeah i wish you all the best and uh happy holidays yes thank you too it was really nice to uh, to be a guest here in the podcast thanks bye 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 bye